Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Catelyn Chapter 4 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. So, the Martin message for today is kind of a combo of Martin message and news. So, um, apparently... Back in 1969, the these people called the Harvard Lampoon did like a parody book of Lord of the Rings, and they called it Board of the Rings. And now, uh, fast forward a few years, George R. R. Martin and A Song of Ice and Fire is the highlight of their next book. They made a parody book called Lame of Thrones. A Song of Hot and Cold, and the writers of this actually sent them a copy, and he hasn't. He said he hasn't looked at it yet, but he's working up the courage. He said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but also parody is up there as well. So it looks really funny. The cover of it has like a toilet with the the thrones that it's supposed to make it look like the throne, but they made it like a toilet instead. Really funny. I will post the link so you guys can look at it. No one answered our questions from last week. So, just a reminder that we will be posting the discussion questions that um, us three hosts answer at the end of our episodes. We will post those online after the episode is released, and then when that happens, you guys can go on and answer them, and we will read them on our next episode, in the beginning of the next episode. So, make sure you guys do that. We post it on both Facebook and Instagram. So... All right, so last episode, we were all in Bran's head as he was dreaming a pretty crazy dream, and then it ends with him waking up and naming his dire wolf Summer. Summer! Uh, today, Catelyn's journey is drawing to a close, and we get to see King's Landing for the first time. Catelyn tries to keep a low profile, but then she's summoned by an old friend, very unexpectedly, and finds some unexpected and troubling news when she gets there. Ooh. <laughs> so we are drinking Arbor Mist. Ooh, good old Arbor Mist. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap but gets the job done. Tastes like juice. Tastes like college. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a pink Moscato raspberry. Mm. So, geez. Come on. Wow, we're going super fancy tonight. Woo. It's apparently fizzy. Little yeah, bit. it's like sparkling juice. Yeah. Random, random thought that I just had when we had a girls' night. What was it last weekend? Yeah, we had the Arbor Mists, and yes. we couldn't get the caps off. Dude, for the life of us, it was harder to open than a cork. We were literally—I don't know we why. Wrestling. It was like, like really screwed. Three on different there. people tried. Four, three or ridiculous. four different people of us. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are y'all ready? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so just to recap from the last Catelyn chapter, if you guys don't remember, Catelyn decided to take a journey to King's Landing to warn Ned about her theory, I guess you would say, right? Her yeah, theory what she thinks happened. about the Lannisters. Like she suspects that someone tried to kill Bran because he yeah. knows something he's not supposed to. Yep. She got evidence. She, she got has evidence. Yes. She'll see it. She has the sword and she's like, okay, I need to I need to beat Ned there and I need to tell him about this because he might be in danger. Olivia, it's a dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's a thing with a point at the end, okay? <laughs> so Catelyn is traveling to King's Landing via the sea or the white knife with Sir Roderick 
Sir Roderick and Captain Moreo. Captain Moreo has been captain of his ship for over 30 years, and she is traveling to inform Ned of her suspicions that the Lannisters tried to kill Bran. While on the boat, Catelyn promises each of Moreo's men a silver stag for their help in getting them there safely and quickly. So I was actually kind of interested in the currency in Westeros. So I, I did some research. I couldn't find any like currency values written anywhere, but I did find an article on the Ice and Fire wiki that kind of describes the currency in Westeros. So let's see. I need to scroll down here. Because they said stags and they've said the silver pieces. Yes. Yeah. So... So There's the gold coins, which are the dragons. Mm. There's silver coins, which are the moon and the stag. And then there's copper coins, which are the stag, groat, half groat, penny, and half penny. So it goes... So I just listed them like most to least, okay. if that makes sense. So yeah. I thought this was interesting. A moon is worth 30 dragons. 210 stags are worth one dragon and seven stags are worth one moon and Jesus. one stag <laughs> yeah is that math even worth I know I'm like what? this is what this is all from George's head okay um, 210 George. dear old George how many moons was 210 210 stags is 30 moons 30 moons <laughs> but 30 I don't think that math works <laughs> it's not evenly split because up because a moon is worth how many dragons a moon is worth 30 dragons. No. Oh, it does I thought work. a moon was less than a dragon. Oh, no. A 30, 30 moons, moons is, is worth, worth a dragon. One dragon. I guess that math does work. Because it's 21, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to... So I'm not going to name them all, but the lowest one is a half penny. And 23,520 half pennies is equal to one dragon. Chris 784 <laughs> half pennies is equal... To seven stags, which is what Callan is giving the men right now. Oh, God. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> Did you figure something out, Chris? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> Any of our mathematicians let's, out there? Let's go back to this. So 210. Good God. <laughs> 210, 210 stags yeah. is worth 30 moons. And one moon... Is worth 30, 30. Mo 30 moons is worth one dragon. So would 210 stags mean that it's a dragon? If it equals 30 moons? Yeah, so 210 stags yes. would equal one dragon. Nice. Seven stags. Okay, so no, 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 but listen I mean, to this. Listen to this. Seven stags equal <laughs> one moon. Oh, God. It does. So 21 and 7. So divided that 30. Yeah. So that does make sense. We got the it. math works we out. We got it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to the story. Right. <laughs> Just so, in sevens and not in tens. Right. So, Catelyn is described as being really anxious to see Ned, but the wounds of her hands, remember her hands got cut by that knife when she grabbed it when she was being attacked, are keeping her motivated and focused. So, she's not really losing it right now. She's very focused, has a goal in mind, wants to look out for her family. So, while she's up on the deck, Sir Roderick joins her. And he is looking a little rough. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Um, he doesn't do well on the sea. And he's been sick almost his 
the whole journey. And I think been traveling for like two or three days now. So seasickness for three days. Yeah, well, sucks. Not a man of the sea. Not a man of the not sea. Not even close. Yep. He's a land dweller. <laughs> yes. So then uh, Moreo leaves so that Catelyn and Roderick can discuss business. Catelyn makes a suggestion that they should talk to the master at arms, Sir Aaron Santagar, about the dagger when they get to King's Landing. And then Roderick reminds Catelyn that she is at risk for being recognized once they get to King's Landing and that it might not be a good idea to go see Santagar just yet. He also reminds Catelyn of Littlefinger. So this is the first time that Littlefinger, or Peter Baelish, is mentioned. Um, Peter Baelish is the master of coin for the royal family. Peter and Kat go back a really long ways, all the way back into their childhood. It was actually Catelyn's brother that gave Peter the nickname Littlefinger because his family is from the smallest of the Finger Islands. So that's where his nickname... Nothing to do with his hands. No. Hmm. No. It's just based on where he was raised and stuff. Yeah. So they were friends when they were younger, like I said. Peter was Catelyn's dad's ward. And they were friends until Peter challenged the betrothal of Catelyn and Brandon Stark, who was Ned's brother. And then he was sent away, and Cat has not seen him since. So it's been like 10, 15 years, who knows, since she's seen Peter. Yeah, and what we know is that Peter liked her. Yes, we do he know. He challenged that. the betrothal. Like he had a, he was like deeply in love with Catelyn. Yeah. He challenged the betrothal to, to Ned's Brand. brother. Yes. But then he didn't challenge the other betrothal. Right. Hmm. Which is odd. Because I, th- I think they kind of like shut him up after that. <laughs> I think you're done. You're okay. Like this. Just leave. Shut up. <laughs> you can't say that Catelyn just like threw it away. So King's Landing is finally coming into view. And the captain is readying his men to dock the boat. Catelyn knew 300 years ago that King's Landing had been covered with forest and there were only a few fisher folk living there. And then Aegon Targaryen came and built the first castle. So this is looking completely different than what Catelyn knew to be King's Landing because I'm assuming she's only heard like stories and stuff, you know? So she comes up to this big King's Landing with all these castles and people running about and blah, 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 blah. So, so she says that the city is covering the so- the shore as far as she can see. So, to me, that just literally means like all she's seeing is buildings yeah. and yeah. like literally no empty empty areas. Yeah. She says there were manses, arbors, gran- granaries, granaries, Grain- granaries, mm-hmm. granaries. Like, like, like grain? they store grain. Okay. Yeah. But if there isn't an eye. I think you didn't put it on. No, even in the book there isn't. I'll look it up. See, it's something. Um, well, they said before, they said granaries filled with wheat. So mm. I assume it's a granary. Yeah, I mean. Um, brick, uh, yeah. Brick storehouses. Literally, the definition is a storehouse for threshed grain. There it is. Threshed. 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 I like that word. She said there were timbered inns, graveyards, and brothels all piled onto one another. So, seems like a pretty jam-packed city. Lots of buildings. Yeah. <laughs> she also says that she could hear the clamor of the fish market from where she was, like, where they were. And she, they weren't even docked yet. So mm-hmm. that's kind of pretty loud. Between the buildings were broad roads lined with trees, crookback streets, and alleys so narrow that two men couldn't walk, ne- walk next to each other through them. So, I mean, that's... that's a small alleyway. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty damn narrow if you think about it. 
Visenya's Hall was crowned by the hill. Sorry, Visenya's Hill. I was like, what? <laughs> was crowned by the grapes, the great sept of Baylor with its seven crystal towers. Can we pause and kind of like dissect that a little bit? Well, Visenya was because that Aegon's was a lot sister. of names and yeah. that was a lot of places. So Vis- I'm yeah. looking up. I first want to look up what Visenya's Hill is because I don't know. There's just a lot of names and stuff that was yeah. thrown out there. If that's okay, I'm sorry. I didn't no, have you're to interject. So, Visenya's Hill, it says on the wiki that it's one of three hills that lie within the city of King's Landing, and the other hills being the Hill of Rhaenys and Aegon's High Hill. So, it sounds like they were named after the old Targaryens. Yeah. And then, I think the next thing you said, Gabby, was the, the Great Sept, Sept of, of Baylor. Baylor. Yes. And it says here that atop of Visenya's Hill lies the Great Sept of Baylor, while at its base are a cluster of small trees and the Guild Hall of the Alchemists. So, it sounds like it's just like a little forest. On top of Visenya's Hill, right? Yeah. Am I reading that correctly? That's what it sounded yeah. like. Let me well, actually it click that on this it. This is called King's Landing. Oh, it's okay. No, it's a it's the center of religious worship for the faith of the Seven, and that's where the High Sept High Septon is. Okay. So that's, yeah. I was saying it makes sense that the hills are named after Targaryens because that's why the city is called King's Landing. Yes, correct. That's where Aegon the Conqueror landed. Yes. So on top king. of Visenya's Hill is the Great Sept of Baylor, where the religious people of the Faith of the Seven worship. Yes. And then, did you say something else after that? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. And then across the city, on the hill of Rainus. Yes. Yes. Um, stood the blackened walls of the Dragon Pit. Its huge dome was collapsing into ruin because its bronze doors hadn't been opened in. Over a century. So, that's, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. A big-ass dragon pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pit where there are dragons. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it says it's in ruin. It's yeah, collapsing. Yeah, it's falling apart because nobody's using it now. Yes. And then it says, The street of sisters ran between them, straight as an arrow, and the city's walls rose in the distance, high and strong. I had never, I've never heard the street of sisters I before. I haven't either. I just looked it up. This is from the fandom website. It says it's one of four streets that starts at the Great Square in the center of King's Landing, with the other three being the God's Way, the King's Way, and the Muddy Way. So it's just one of the main thoroughfares through the city, it sounds like. Okay. So the harbor was crowded with ships, and a hundred quays lined the waterfront. I'm not really sure what that is. I got you. I'm already... Right. (laughs) Live with Google. It's a concrete stone or metal platform lying alongside or projecting into water for loading and unloading ships. So it's a dock. Okay. Yeah. Deep water fishing boats and river runners came and went. Ferrymen pulled back and forth across the Blackwater Rush. Trading galleys unloaded goods from Bravos, Penthos, and I don't know how we decided that we say this. Lice? Lice. Lice? Yep. And... Cat then spotted the queen's ornate barge tied up beside a fat-bellied whaler. <laughs> I liked. I thought it was funny that like yeah. even Cat was describing fat-bellied whaler. The whaler was like covered in oil. Yeah. Like whale oil. <laughs> yeah. It was like disgusting. Like, the way she described nasty. it was gross. Yeah. yeah. And then above all of it, frowning down from Aegon's high hill, was the Red Keep. Seven huge drum towers crowned with iron ramparts and immense grim. Barbican, vaulted halls, and covered bridges 
barracks and dungeons and granaries all fashioned of a pale red stone. Apparently, Aegon the Conqueror demanded it to be built and his son, his son Magor the Cruel, um, was who had it completed. And then I thought this was interesting. And I mean, it was definitely cruel, so it fits his name. Yep. But I still thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> but um, he... Once the Red Keep was built, he took the heads of all the men who had part in building it because he vowed that only the blood of the dragon would ever know the secrets of the fortress. So, literally, that must mean that it has a whole bunch of passageways and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, or like... You know what that reminds me of? Have you ever heard of the Winchester house? No. So, the Winchester is a gun brand. Okay. And the heir to the Winchester fortune or the, the wife of... I don't know what his name was, mm -hmm. but she built a house in California where she built a new section of it every week and it twists and turns and there's doors that lead to nothing like doors that just lead to outside that are on the third floor. Oh, that's weird. And it's called the Winchester house, Winchester mansion. It's like haunted. Huh. That's what that reminds me of like no one is ever going to know. Yeah. No, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be cool to. No one knows have the a secrets place. of the Red King. Yeah. Like have a place that literally like no one else knows. Yeah like the secrets and stuff but now the banners of the red keep were no longer black they were golden which obviously shows that the targaryens are no longer there anyway <laughs> so sir roderick then kind of breaks her line of thought and says my lady, I have thought on how to best proceed while I lay abed. You must not enter the castle. I will go in your stead and bring Sir Aaron to you in some safe place. And Kat just responds that he's going to be as much of a risk as she would be. But Roderick smiles and says that he doesn't think so because he looked at his reflection in the water earlier oh, and barely recognized himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also says that his mom was the last person to ever see him without whiskers which i'm assuming is like a beard a beard or mustache yeah. like i'm i don't know that his mom is long dead so there's no there's no need to be concerned basically no one knows what i look like yeah exactly as they thumped up against the dock the tyroshi seamen leapt down to tie them up moreo comes down and says king's landing my lady as you did command cat then tells him that she doesn't need any help carrying her things into the castle and just asks if he can suggest an inn, to which he responds that he does know a few, but he wanted to then ask about the second half of his payment for the trip. And Kat reminds him that, no, it was for the Orman. And he tries to say, well, I can hold the money for them until we go back because they have wives and families at home. And if they were to be paid now, they would spend it all on a night's pleasure. I can't tell if he's being sincere or just wants the money. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Roderick replies that there are worse things to spend money on. And Kat says that how they spend their money is none of her concern. <laughs> Which, good for her. They want to waste it. They yep. waste it. I don't know. And just to be sure, Catelyn paid the men herself. So now they can do whatever. Yes. Good for her. Exactly. Roderick says to Kat that he thinks it's best that she stays away from the common room in the inn. Because even in a place like this, you never know who may be watching. And then he promises that he will be back with Sir Aaron before nightfall and tells Kat to get some rest. And she notices that she is tired and that the voyage had been very long and she was not as young as she once was. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. Or the fact that you stayed awake for 14 days I mean, and then decided to go travel to King's Landing from yeah, the north. Yeah, I mean, you know? you're Slightly kinda, fatigued at this yeah, point. You're yeah, you're kind of pushing yourself. Yeah. So because of that, she had no problem falling asleep. Then next thing she knows, she's woken up to a pounding on her door and she sits up sharply and a voice calls out to open in the name of the king. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Yikes. I'm not here. No. So she calls out and tells and just kind of asks like for a moment because she was asleep. Duh. She wraps herself in her cloak and the dagger was on the bedside table. So she snatched it up before she unhatched the door. Um, the men obviously see the dagger and say, no need for that, milady. We're here to escort you to the castle. And she obviously asks by whose authority. And the man shows her a ribbon and Catelyn feels her breath catch in her throat because the seal was a mockingbird in gray wax. Oh boy. So quietly she says to herself, Peter. 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 <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> she then asked the men if they knew who she was, but they replied no. So one of the men even said, my lord Littlefinger only, said only to bring you to him and see that you were not mistreated. So Kat nodded and told them that they could wait outside while she got dressed. And then they, it kind of cuts to her having these thoughts of, like, who could have told Peter that she was even here? Like, how does he even know that she's in King's Landing? And her first thought was Sir Roderick, but she knew it couldn't have been him. And she, then she thought that maybe the Lannisters had reached King's Landing before her, but knew that if that were true, Ned would have come to find her. True. So, obviously, she's like, how? You know? And she's kind of confused. Then she kind of thinks, oh, Moreo. Damn him. The Tyro, she knew who they were and where they are. She hoped that she, they, that he had gotten a good price for the information. So <laughs> at least she respects, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so after that, she obviously heads out and meets up with the men who had just woken her from her sleep. And they had brought a horse for her. And the lamps were being lit along the streets as they set out. And Catelyn said that she could feel all the eyes of the city on her as she rode. And then once they make it, the guardsmen left their mounts outside the walls and escorted her through a narrow, narrow postern door. Yeah, postern door. Postern? It's like a, I think I looked it up before and it was like just a small door so they don't have to open the big one. Okay. <laughs> Basically, it's like a door that can easily be like locked Is it like up. fit inside a big door? I think so. <laughs> It's like a small door on a big door. So it's like so a like dog yeah. door it's, for yeah, a human. It's like if I wouldn't want to open the garage door, so I just put like a normal door in the garage oh. door, so then I open that one. Lazy. Makes me think of um, The Grinch. We just watched that. Lazy? Yeah. It's a big... I mean, I'm sure it's a giant <laughs> gate. Yeah. Like one person, let's just raise this thing up. Just saying. It takes like a half hour to raise it up. And then they went up in endless endless steps up to a tower. Peter was seated. Seated? Seated. <laughs> I don't oh lord! Spit my wine out. Anyway, Peter was sitting alone at a heavy wooden table with an oil lamp beside him. Um, and when they entered, he sets his pen down and looks up at her and quietly goes, "Cat." Cat. Cat. But not actually. He just says, "Cat." Cat asks um, why she has been brought here in this fashion. And he wrote, he rises and sends the guards out of the way, out of the room, away out of the room. And then he tells, he says to her, you are not mistreated, I trust. 
I gave them firm instructions. And he says that once the guards are out of the room. And then he kind of like looks down and notices the bandages on her hands. And he even says out loud, your hands. <gasps> your hands. No. Cat ignores his implied question and replies with, I am not accustomed to being summoned like a serving wench. As a boy, you still knew the meaning of courtesy. And she said it's super icy. Yeah. Which, of course, then Baelish comes right back. I did not mean to anger you, my lady. Surely that was not my intent. So he's very smooth. Catler remarks that his sheepish charm always got him out of things as a child as well. So this is not new. And she's no stranger to his contriteness. So he's always good at apologizing after the fact. She remarks on how he grew into a small man and that he had sharp features. <laughs> and she commented a little bit about how, like, that's different than Ned's features or Brandon's features. Littlefinger then says that he knew Kat was there because Varys knew she was there. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of clicks. Kat calls him a spider, and Littlefinger says, I wouldn't call him that. He's quite sensitive. <laughs> And he says, it's kind of, it's the eunuch. Eunuchs are quite sensitive. Yeah. Um, And Littlefinger says that he is alone with Varys, and everyone else is actually gone from the castle. So they're just there. The Lannisters aren't back yet. Ned's not there. It's just them running the whole show right now. And uh, Varys... Because the king is traveling with Ned right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're not there yet. So she did beat them there. Yes. Um, Sorry, that just clicked for me. <laughs> yeah. And Varys came to him with the information, knowing that Littlefinger knew Catelyn. So he went to Littlefinger and was like, hey. Your friend's here. Your friend's here. And Littlefinger's like, well, I should bring her in so she can be protected, or something of that sort. Yeah. So Varys is the master of whispers, as we know, and he is has his little birds. So that's where he gets his information from. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do we, we know who the little birds are? No. So all we know is that we've seen this happen before because mm-hmm. Varys' little birds are the ones that told Robert about Daenerys. Mm-hmm. So we know that he has little birds, not only in Westeros, but all across, I guess, the world. Yeah. <laughs> but Varys doesn't know why Cat is there. Just knows that she is. Yeah. Yeah. So Littlefinger and Varys don't know why she's there, and they're kind of confused as to why. So Kat makes up an excuse that she's longing for her husband, and Littlefinger immediately doesn't buy it. And he goes, well, if that's the case, I mean, but what are the Tully words? And she has to say family, duty, honor. He goes, okay, so I know that you weren't longing for your husband because your honor would have been telling you to stay in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you were just longing for your husband and you just, oh, I should, I need to go see him. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'd only been gone for how long? Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks. Barely. Last time when he was gone for a year. So Varys comes in and they describe Varys as flowing and mystical. He's bald and he smells like flowers and his skin is moist. Ugh. So he's like... Ew, Varys. He's like heavily <laughs> lotioned. So that's what I, that's what I see him as like heavily lotioned. Ew. Or oiled. Yeah, oiled. Yeah. That's, that's a better word than yeah. lotioned. I think of like because he's bald that his head is shiny. <laughs> you know. That's gross. Wet skin. Yeah. And so Varys exchanges pleasantries and says that he is so sorry about Brandy grabs Catelyn's hands. Can I just Um, say something really quick? (laughs) In your notes, it says, like, you're describing Varys and it says smelling of wet flowers and wet skin. I thought you meant he smelled like wet skin. I was like, 
what? <laughs> no, she said he like smelled of like lilac. Yeah, and no, I he, got that, but yeah. the way you worded it in your notes, it was yeah. just funny to me. Even I think she said even like when he talked, yeah. it smelled like flowers out of his breath. Okay, so they exchange pleasantries, and he says that he's so sorry to hear about Bran, and Cat quickly dismisses it and doesn't want to discuss this with them. And Varys starts offering her several things. He offers her the medicine for her hands. And then he offers her something weird, which I thought was odd in the book. He literally says that he knows a healer that could, like, completely heal Bran. Like, even of paralysis? Yeah. He's like, I know a healer. Not in the Seven Kingdoms. He's, like, east. Do you think this is, like, some BS? Or I, oh, I, I guarantee it's, it's like, it's just, like, ridiculous medicine. Something like that. And she's like, no. Wow. I just thought that was weird. That is weird. Because she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to. That's I, I might want to try anything if I was. Yeah. And then Varys can see, can actually see the blade now. Or Varys asks, can we see the blade now? And Cat is kind of awestruck that he even knew about the blade. Listen, Varys knows everything. He knows. He's like, everything. hey, can I see the blade? Like everything. But he didn't know why she was there. Right. That's right. But. Still, but he now knows he knows everything. about the blade, so it's like he should be putting some two and two together. He knows here. everything. <laughs> I did write. He knows. Oh, everything. sorry, I didn't yeah. even see that. <laughs> that was my you next note. That. Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so Cat is awestruck, and she didn't even know that they knew about it. Varys then picks up the blade and he starts looking at it, and he actually cuts himself on it because I don't think he was expecting it to be that sharp. And she goes, "Be careful! It's Valerian steel." I think she says nothing holds an edge like Valerian steel after he's like whimpering and like, ow, I really, that yeah. hurt. So then Littlefinger starts playing with the blade and he starts like doing some like tricks with it, which is weird. And then he throws it and sticks it in the door. So, so he clearly, knows how to handle it. Yeah. Littlefinger says that the blade is the only one in King's Landing. And Kat asks why he knows this. And he goes, because this is mine. This isn't in the show, this scene in the show. I love the the line that he says. It's like, oh, Vera, something that I know that you don't for once. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. The show, yeah, the show. And he like, also, yeah. I don't think he even handles the dagger at all. In the he show. just no. looks at yeah. it. Yeah, it's just like something. Else. Yeah, yeah. He he said because it's mine. Yeah. And so Kat's kind of awestruck again, and she doesn't quite understand why this is happening because she's like, okay, well, Littlefinger, he would have no reason to come kill Bran. And there's, I like, there's probably so many things going through her head, yeah. like, yeah, okay, this well, blade killed my kid and then attacked me. Yeah. Not killed my kid. I'm sorry. I was to. used to attack yeah. my kid yeah. and then it attacked me and like blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, what happened? So then, little, so she's like, you need to explain right now. Yeah. Um, if this is yours, so Littlefinger explains that it was his. But he doesn't have it anymore because he actually used it and made a bet um, at Joffrey's name day ceremony that he bet that Jamie would win the jousting. But Jamie did not win the jousting, so he lost the knife. And then, well, Cat quickly asks, okay, then who won it? Who did it pass to? And, you know, they kind of cliffhanger here. He says the imp. Tyrion Lannisters. Ah, uh, no! Bomb drop. <laughs> so the and that's knife, how the chapter ends. So we know that the knife was last in, in possession, possession of Tyrion. Tyrion Lannister. Yep. We're putting wires together. And, yes. Yeah. Yep. Dang. Yeah. Dang, that is one heck of a cliffhanger. Yeah, it is. That's a good one. All right. So 
the discussion questions that we have is, uh, the first one is, would you have taken the same approach as Kat in sneaking around King's Landing? Yes. Yeah. I think yes and no. I think no, yes to the sneaking around, but maybe I would have been smarter about it and not left the loose end. Yeah. As in the captain of the boat, who literally was already paid, so yep. he didn't really have anything to lose. Yeah. So that was on her. But For paying before. Yeah, sneaking around, and I probably wouldn't have let Roderick go without me. Like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have let him leave my side. Yeah. So like, you're supposed to be here to protect me, even if I'm an inn. Clearly, so literally the only reason you're here. Yeah, clearly yeah. she needed him to be there. So, yeah. everyone go to that? Yeah. Second one is, do you think Littlefinger is justified in having Cat brought to the castle? No. Or should he have gone to her? I think he should have gone to her he just to protect her. her so that no like other people won't see her parading around the streets. To protect her anonymity. Yeah. That's yeah. a big word. If he really like, cared about her. He would have gone to her and kept it in a secret. Well, but he's kind of a worm, so. But he also didn't know why she was there. So That's I see true. why he called for her to come That's to him. That's very true. Because he didn't know. That's so he, I think he was trying to be respectful. That's a good point. In like her status. I but guess. then also he probably should have known there's a reason she's at the inn and wasn't just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Right. I'm here. Facts. All right. Um, and the last question is: If Varys knows everything, do you think he know who? Do you think he knows who pushed Bran? Oh, he I knows he, everything, right? I think he has his suspicions. Yeah, I think he does too. But the question is: he, Do you think he knows it? I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows for sure. Yeah, I, I just don't think anyone was like really. I mean, you don't know. But we don't know who is there. Right? We don't know what around. the little birds yeah. are. I think that was a very well-kept secret. Or, or, the pushing Bran out the window scared off the little birds from telling Varys. Mm -hmm. Or, he knows, and he knows that it could be way too volatile if he, in his position right now, think about his position. Yeah. He's on the council. You know... For Robert Baratheon. Varys... And Jamie's the one that... ...is in a very powerful position... He is. Because he knows everything and he can divulge any information at any time he wants mm-hmm. to his advantage. Yep. He can put he can play the cards how he wants to yes. play the cards. Yes. I think he's a pretty cool character. He is. Yeah. Yes. And I think he is very powerful say, in his own way. Let's say underrated. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Those are the questions. Make sure you answer them on our social media. Speaking of social media. We are on Facebook at Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1, and also on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. And we just made a TikTok account, which is also Game of Wines 1, so please go follow us on that. (laughs) Um, That is it for this week's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode, we will be discussing John Chapter 3, so make sure you read it before next Monday.